Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. All right, today we're going to continue talking about motivation and some of the barriers to motivation. And we're going to talk about hopelessness and when we encounter hopelessness and how that affects our motivation. I just want to say, as I've been, as we've been working on this series, um, I always like to listen for how it shows up in my sessions currently, see, you know, is it relevant currently? And I recognized how powerful this last week, as I was thinking about it, hopelessness is in perfectionism. Um, and I hadn't previously thought about hopelessness as being a perfectionism experience, but I was talking to one, um, one of my clients and recognizing that when you feel like you can't do it perfect, you go to hopeless and that's when people don't do it at all. And I just thought, oh, hopelessness shows up in really interesting ways. And I was just wondering as we start out, um, because we're not just talking about the emotion, but specifically in motivation, how have you guys seen it show up in yourself or clients or a hopelessness or perfectionism? Hopelessness. I was just gotcha. saying it shows up in perfectionism. Uh, I think it's, um, it can be a perfectionist idea of like, it needs to be this way, but I think it's also this idea of motivation is expecting some sort of change to happen, some sort of growth. Often when we look at other people's growth and change, if it does not match ours, then there's hopelessness involved, even though we are individuals. I remember like doing art classes in elementary school, middle school. And I remember feeling like I would try to do the same assignment as everyone else. And it looked awful. And I'd always be very hopeless of I'm not very good at art, things like that. As I've gotten older, I actually feel like I'm a pretty good person when it comes to creativity and art now, because I've allowed myself to do it based off of my talents and likes and things like that so when that's I so interesting for me to hear because I think you do art very well yeah so for me I was always that person I was like it's messy I don't like what I just did I need a new one I use two bold of colors you'd have these girls with these delicate little designs and these like little colors and I'd be over there with like you know all the color and all the things and you come to my house and that's another thing is I remember in college trying to make it look like other people's places where it was like the white walls with the black lettering decorations and the very, you know, mute kind of things. And now you come to my house and I've got like a bright green wall, a bright, not bright, but like a really, you know, strong green wall, a strong blue wall, a strong, you know, just big colors. You know, I've got like mustard yellow curtains, things like that. So I think for me with motivation, when I hear about hopelessness, I think it's often it's linked to that idea of I need it to look like this. But really, I'm not taking into account what are my own strengths? What is it going to look like for me? And once you take that into account, I think then you find your motivation a lot more and you find how you're able to succeed in accomplishing things that you're motivated to do is when you find what is it for me? And so that hopelessness arises when I am comparing and not taking into account my own needs. 
And I like that you brought up not only comparing to other people, but also just comparing to yourself and what you thought it should look like. Because both of those will lead to hopelessness. Mm -hmm. I find that the theme in general, bird's eye view of it, is that, and we've talked about this in a previous podcast about motivation, is the distance between where I'm at or what I have and where I want to get or what I want to have is too great a divide. I find this with myself, with my clients. I think that that's uh, what gets in the way of perfectionism or or is the root of perfectionism uh, is uh, that I, it, I don't have the capacity or even if um, I tried to have the capacity, it's just too far, it's not worth it, or it's not safe. And the the way to overcome hopelessness is that there has to be a safety net or a guide, something to help ourselves, our clients, uh, you listening to this, feel safe enough to try to bridge that gap or uh, some way to help that distance not feel so great. So one of the books that I really like to talk about that kind of hopelessness that Taylor's talking about is called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. Um, And it talks about um, gap thinking, which is how far I still have to go and gain thinking of how far I've come. Really broad stroke there, but he talks about measuring backwards. A super good book if this is something that you struggle with when you're when you're working on improving um great mindset shift and i i love we've talked about atomic habits before in our podcast love that book this is another one i would say if you're looking at change and focusing and you do reach that hopelessness um that book is one i recommend excellent book um something that i know we all the three of us all do in our therapy and just because we talk about it is that uh, pointing out progress that clients have made like hey you wouldn't have done that three months ago hey uh, how would you have reacted six months ago and then they talk about like yeah that's different and then they notice that the gap is shrinking and then they feel more capable and they feel safer to continue doing different things mm-hmm. it's interesting because even from an outside perspective um we talk about um, like the empowerment dynamic that we've talked about this idea of coaching coaching should also be done from a gain perspective meaning we're looking at how far you've come like taylor was talking about um so when you're looking at motivation and hopelessness we want to make sure your support system is adding to positive mentality versus comparing again comparing well and I, and I've done this. I totally remember, um, uh, when my husband started his health journey five years ago, I said, well, he's never going to be able to do it because he doesn't eat vegetables. He only eats potatoes. That was, that was me measuring, you know, his, his history and I was hopeless for him. And so it's really important too, to help find people. Like it's a non-starter. Right. <laughs> now he eats a salad almost every day. It's the strangest thing. Every time um, we've eaten out, I've seen him eat a salad. Yeah. 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 And so it's interesting that we sometimes think that the past will automatically dictate the future, but that's not true. But we have to have some structure and some support when it comes to that. And with hopelessness and even in the, um, gap thinking of how far I have to go, getting that support, getting that coach and that structure 
remember to gain skills or knowledge you don't have that's what overcomes hopelessness now we've talked about the the change equation before that it's willingness plus ability equals change and sometimes it's not necessarily the distance uh, to what we want it's the obstacles and i like what you said jen of it's um oh shoot you just said it too i just had a brain fart uh gain skills and knowledge that's what it is and so sometimes in therapy we have to outsource like okay uh you don't know if you can afford x y and z let's talk to a financial advisor let's uh have you go meet with the bank let's you know let's talk find to out a lawyer. totally let's let's go have you meet with a lawyer and find out more or you're not sure about uh, if you can ever get into a home let's go have you meet with uh, a mortgage advisor um, there's lots of things that we outsource in therapy because as therapists way outside of our scope and way outside of our expertise and so let's go find more knowledge just to a find out if it actually is an obstacle maybe it's just something that we're worried is an obstacle uh, and uh, if it is an obstacle great let's find out what skills we need in order to overcome that obstacle so essentially replacing the hopelessness that you encounter when you're trying to have consistent motivation with information so hopelessness comes from a lack of information a lack of understanding is what you're well, saying yeah I they love can that. yeah mm -hmm. okay and the other thing that I'm hearing too is that hopelessness, one of the things that happens is fear, right? Hopelessness is a fear-based emotion of nothing will ever get better. Mm -hmm. um, if we look at fear versus um, moving out of fear, curiosity, we've talked about this before, but curiosity moves us out of fear and hopelessness. And sometimes, um, like Taylor was saying, getting curious about who has more information than you do, what are some options? And that you can explore and doing it a different way. Um, one of the things that I found a lot in coaching people in their health journeys is they'll say, I already know how to do it. And I will say that we all have some knowledge, whether we, whether we actually have enough knowledge or skill in the right area is usually seen in how we're showing up. So for example, I feel like I'm, pretty good at understanding emotions. I also know that because I am a human and have a limbic brain, I still need a therapist sometimes to go to, to process emotions that are getting in my way. And so it's not a matter of, do I understand therapy or do I understand emotions? It's a matter of sometimes I actually just need that support system to help me move forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so what is it that we need uh, to either feel safe or be safe to move forward? Uh, and, and sometimes uh, people with their hopelessness just aren't ready. Uh, and it's more about us uh, wanting something for someone else that they're hopeless about. And they're okay in their hopelessness. And it's more about us being uncomfortable with their hopelessness. And when I that think that brings up the curiosity again is you need to check in. A, is this your problem or is this someone else's? So stop mm -hmm. trying to own other people's journey. Yeah. And um let them own their own and then ask yourself what what that means about you and in your experience. But if it's not yours, I would say spend some time on some things that you can actually impact. I think people get really caught off guard when as a therapist, if we're talking about hopelessness, 
and someone says, well, I feel just really hopeless. And we tell them, what does that feel like? Can you sit with that for a minute? And they go, why would I want to? Because it's, it's just, so uncomfortable. They're like, why, why do you want me? Aren't you going to try to give me hope? Right. They're like, hopelessness equals you give me hope. But I'm like, no, I think it's okay to first evaluate. Why are we feeling that way? Right. Let's just allow our body is feeling like it needs to be acknowledged that right now it's lacking something. It's okay to allow us to explore that a little before I try to replace it quickly with a good emotion. Because that's essentially why unhealthy habits reside so so well within us where we're looking at things and yeah, it's a lot easier to take a hit off of you know a joint instead of feeling hopeless or is it feeling overwhelmed? It's a lot easier to um, you know, eat as many, you know, bargain bag chocolate things I can find because I don't want to feel that way. Or it's a lot easier to, you know, look at pornography or to, you know, have a conversation with someone who I feel is more validating, but this was outside my marriage because right now I just feel hopeless or I feel overwhelmed. It's a lot easier to do those things. And so that's why those things are the things we think of doing first, not everyone, but that's why those types of behaviors are so appealing. And so when we do the opposite and sit with that, when we encounter hopelessness in our motivation to do something, and our motivation can be something as simple as I just want to be a good person, right? I just want to, I just want to live and have a balanced life and do okay. I just want to get a C, right? We're still going to encounter hopelessness. It's not going to be only through our huge challenges that hopelessness comes up. It's going to be through the most mundane things as well. And if we can just sit with that hopelessness, and allow ourselves to not just be comfortable with it. We're not saying stay there, but just allow ourselves to be able to really grasp, okay, this is how it's feeling. I'm understanding it a little bit more. That's going to actually give us the opportunity to know what it is that we need to work through it. Just like with a snake bite, we need the venom to make the anti-venom, right? Yeah, that's wild. It's the idea of like, it's not just the idea of I'm going to put good things in your body. It's not like I have a cold, so I'm going to give you good things, Right. You need the venom, the thing that is hurting you, you need to experience that and use that to create the thing that's going to make things better. And so that's just as important when it comes to these kinds of difficult emotions. We talked about anger. We're talking about fear. We're talking about hopelessness. Hopelessness, I think, is scary in the sense of it just feels so vast and it feels so heavy. Fear and anger, I can make into a quick thing and probably push past it easier, but hopelessness drags and it stays with me longer. So it can be often very, very overwhelming to try to find my motivation again in that if I don't first evaluate what I'm going through. I like that you're talking, Haley, about how quickly people avoid that feeling of hopelessness. Feelings are information. So even the feeling of hopelessness is information and and mm-hmm. again, as therapists, we would say, tell me more about that hopelessness, not, oh, that hopelessness needs to be, it's not like a fly swatter thing. You just hit it no. if you see it and get rid of it. It's a, oh, that's interesting. Let's examine that. Where, when have you felt this before? You know, where does this come from? You know, mm-hmm. maybe that is unprocessed feelings of failure or rejection or, um, overwhelmed feelings that's another one that brings hopelessness that you need to be able to sit with in order to move forward Mm -hmm. we do not grow without struggle and you if you're working on improving yourself you're going to meet 
what I've heard referred to as your living edge, meaning that's that starts to push me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Living edge is uncomfortable, right? It's not Netflix on the couch with a blanket experience. It is a very aware, fully aware, and it comes sometimes with a failure to push past it. Then mm-hmm. we step back, we learn, we gather more information or skill, like we've talked about. We sit with the hopelessness or the sadness that comes with, it didn't work out that time. I have to face my own humanity that I'm not as cool as I thought I was, right? I might have to face the fact that other people wanted something that I am not yet able to do. All of those things will come up, but don't go back and shrink back from that living edge. Give yourself a minute to recuperate, process the feeling, and then gain that skill and knowledge to try again. Mm -hmm. I think that on the end is the best way to work through hopelessness. And then that's when we get to reconnect with our motivation, reconnect with what it is that we need. Yeah. I think I'll just dip my toe in this. Um, There's the serenity prayer in AA of uh, give me the strength to change the things I can, the wisdom to or the serenity to accept the things I can't and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be some things in life that uh, maybe we can't change. Like uh, uh, we had a chronic illness episode, right? Some people might just have something that goes with them their entire life. And uh, that can be something that can't change in there. Uh, so that could be something that is hopeless as in there is no cure, at least for the time being. And then there is hopelessness, the the feeling of uh, my life is awful. Um, I can't do anything uh, and so on and so forth. And those are two different things. Uh, what do I do with my life as it is? And what do I want to do going forward? And I find that uh, people fall into those two different camps of um, because there is no cure or I can't do X, Y, and Z, uh, I have no worth, my life has no worth, um, or their support group um, will only focus on, uh, well, we have to do all of these things and your life is no different and they won't accept that maybe things are different now. And generally, I find that it is the support group that has trouble accepting that things are different now, mm-hmm. and they're worried about the hopelessness because something that can't change. And that's not the kind of motivation we're talking about today, um, if that makes sense. I think that's important because there are things beyond our control, right, as, as you're talking about that. I think of, you talked about our episode on um, chronic issues, and I had talked about infertility. And for a long time, whenever I had talked to the infertility, people would give me, um, they would give me all kinds of advice. Not all was good advice, but I got all kinds of advice or feelings. But the truth was, is that it was through the process of grieving infertility and moving past it and then finding a a path that works for me Mm -hmm. and the infertility never got fixed and yet I've created a life I love and I, I think that maybe is an example of what Taylor's talking about you can accept 
a lack of ability to change something and still find life and joy and and happiness. Yeah, that's a great example that people find out that you are going through fertility issues. Uh, people that have just found out about it, like we talked about in the episode, and start offering you solutions rather than just sitting with you in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's okay to just, and what you've been talking about, Haley, of just sitting in that with some, someone is much more helpful. That's the safety that we're talking about is more helpful mm-hmm. for someone than offering solutions. Is If someone wants solutions um, or wants to work on that thing, that's helpful. Then we talk about outsourcing, getting more information. Um, is it a is it a you issue or is it a, a them issue is more important to cross. Mm-hmm. And I would add to that, even for me, even though I wanted solutions, I still had to sit with the grief of some things won't be possible. Yeah, solutions don't cancel out the feeling. Yeah, and that was a really important part of healing and moving on and coming to a peaceful place with what life looks like. And so I I really like that you dipped your toe in that. I think that's a good, we want to make sure. Yeah, I think uh, just one more example along those lines is I find that when someone is single uh, or newly single, they've just gotten out of a relationship, or especially with divorce, that people are really uncomfortable with that situation, uh, pe- the support group, I mean. And they're like, no, you're going to get uh, back out there, that this was really excellent, instead of being okay grieving with them uh, or even accepting that person's decision to be single uh, indefinitely or perpetually or for now. And they immediately want to set them up with someone instead of just waiting to be asked. So interesting that with motivation, it's not always about doing the next thing. And sometimes it's about allowing yourself to sit in those lulls of motivation, learn from them. Yeah, I think the the hopeless part of motivation uh, is really the one that highlights it's only a problem if it's a problem for the person. If it's a problem for you, then that's a separate thing that you can work on. Otherwise, all we work on is helping someone feel safe. And there are many ways to do that. Makes me want to go meditate. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll be back to talk next week about... Justification. Just I was going to say rationalization because I was looking at the R's. Or stifisikos. No, yes. that's not how you say it. Justificios. I forgot the word. Okay. Whatever word. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We'd love to hear from you.